0: the bloody unthinkable is now upon us. The images coming in are horrifying. To all my friends and listeners in Europe, stay strong. My thoughts and prayers to Ukraine and all of Eastern Europe. I was going to put off recording this episode due to everything going on right now, but somehow I just can't put it off. I just feel like something needs to be said. My heart and conscience has been weighing on me tremendously lately. As an introvert, I usually shy away from stepping in and taking some sort of public-facing role. But these new events are forcing some sort of deep urgency in me to start recording and sharing my thoughts with others. We are living through some unbelievably challenging times. And I don't think I could live with myself if I didn't say something and attempt to offer some hope and a pathway to a better future. That said, I could just start by rapping on about some of the current events. But that's not what my conscience is telling me to do right now. So in keeping with my trailer and my hope to offer constructive project amongst the madness, here's my attempt to share with you how I came to discover Michael Brooks' work and how it saved me from the cult of personality and political movement around figures like Jordan Peterson, the rise of postmodern conservatism, and the ongoing resurgence of right-wing authoritarianism as described in his book Against the Web. Before diving in though, I'd like to give another big shout-out to Jeremy Johnson and the crew over at the Mutations Discord. Your feedback, encouragement, and support has been an invaluable source of hope in continuing this project. And I'd also like to acknowledge a recent Twitter exchange with Matt Segal from the California Institute of Integral Studies on the subject of Jordan Peterson and Alexander Dugan, which also instilled in me a deep sense of urgency in recording this short episode. I first got exposed to Jordan Peterson in 2016 when he released a series of videos criticizing the act to amend the Canadian Human Rights and Criminal Code to introduce gender identity and expression as prohibited grounds for discrimination by Justin Trudeau's Liberal government, also known as Bill C 16. Peterson argued that the bill would turn Canada into some sort of dictatorship if the LGBTQ community kept pushing their gender pronouns, compelled speech, identity politics, and political correctness on the left and adopted his so-called idea of postmodern neo-Marxism. He subsequently received a tremendous amount of media coverage, attracting both support and criticism, propelling him to international fame. The irony behind this story is that I was not introduced to Jordan Peterson through the Canadian media or even locally by other means. In fact, I was introduced to Peterson by Guy De Plessy, a counsellor and behavioural health specialist from South Africa doing research on the etiological roots of addiction from an integral epistemic and fallibilistic enactment perspective, a topic that I will definitely be exploring in future episodes. That said, I was shocked after the fact and asked myself several times, how is it that I was introduced to Peterson from, some way, from someone halfway around the world about this situation and I'm the one who lives in Canada? Let me just say for now, I eventually joined Twitter, started following Jordan Peterson online, listened to his YouTube lectures, and got sucked into the phenomenon that came to be known as the Intellectual Dark Web, or IDW. Like many people, Jordan Peterson and the IDW came to answer many of my frustrations and experiences that I had during my university days pursuing my degree in human relations and religious studies, while working as a teacher assistant in the Applied Human Science Department of Concordia University, the YMCA of Montreal, and freelancing as a knowledge management and research consultant after working for Dell Computers, another part of the IT industry, from the late 1990s. I agreed with Jordan Peterson about the current state of higher education and many academic disciplines. However, his analysis in no way reflected my work experience in various sectors of the economy and the neo. Liberal savagery I experienced growing up in the 80s and 90s that destroyed my family and compounded our suffering from the death of my brother of cancer in 1993. Needless to say, I was quite dumbfounded by Peterson's rhetoric, moral grandstanding, and the vicious attack against many of his colleagues, students, and the institutions that had nurtured and cuddled him into the intellectual and so called professional he had become. Plus, his critique of the New Left in academia or higher education post-1968 was rather poor in my opinion at the time, since I had been nurtured by teachers that were grounded in the theological and philosophical thinking of George Grant, Gregory Baum, Charles Davis, Jacques Maritain, Gergen Habermas, and Ken Wilber's corpus of work that spanned the entire field of the human sciences, philosophy, and religious studies. And it was roughly around this time that I stumbled across a book review of Francis Fukuyama's Identity, the Demand for Dignity, and the Politics of Resentment, entitled The Rebirth of History, over at Marion West by a rather unknown author at the time called Matt McManus. Probably one of his best, I might add. I highly recommend that everyone rereads it in light of the current events unfolding in Ukraine. In short... This was one of many of Matt's articles that he would come to write on the subject of postmodern conservatism, along with several books eventually. In fact, he had so much success, it eventually led him to collaborate on a book project with Savoy Zizek and Ben Burgess, a long a longtime friend and collaborator of Michael Brooks, entitled Myth and Mayhem, a Leftist Critique of Jordan Peterson. For anyone that's been following me on Twitter since 2018 and listened to my trailer, You're very aware how much I appreciate and support Matt's writing and digital media projects. And I've even openly endorsed his idea of the new engaged left due to his association with Michael Brooks after discovering Michael's use of Ken Wilber's integral theory and framing his idea of cosmopolitan socialism in his book Against the Web. In fact, this is how I eventually connected with Jeremy Johnson. His mutation discord community and other fellow travelers that had picked up on this element in Michael's work started advocating for an integral or new engaged left of sort to emerge from the regressive vampire and post-1968 left as an alternative to the rise of the new right and postmodern conservatism being reported in several media outlets and embodied in reactionary public figures like Jordan Peterson, among many others. So like many of you listening and with whom I've had personal conversations, I can't begin to express the shock, grief, and sorrow of the loss of Michael in July of 2020. And even more so now with the current events developing in Ukraine and the ongoing resurgence of right-wing authoritarianism in the U S and in my own country of Canada. Yet, as much as I want to sit here and lament the loss of Michael, I can't help but think that is the last thing he would want me to do. So in closing, And honouring Michael, again, I am dedicating the Integral Facticity podcast in his memory and hope that this will generate further interest in his work and use of integral epistemic pluralism and enacmic fabulism behind his idea of cosmopolitan socialism. To be clear though, I am in no way trying to replace Michael by launching this podcast. For one, no one could ever replace him. And two, I am actually a French-Canadian and have never self-identified as a socialist. Nor have I ever shared Michael's enthusiasm for Slavoj Zizek, Noam Chomsky, and his love of Marxism. That said, though, I am launching this podcast to challenge, in good faith, many of his past colleagues, so-called comrades, and friends for dropping the ball and carrying forward many of Michael's ideas. In fact, this initiative is just as much a project of love as it is one of current frustration and disappointment in the current level of public discourse around Michael's legacy and work. And in so doing, I hope that my contribution will honor and help Michael's legacy to be remembered. May you rest in peace and power, brother. So stay tuned. Thanks again for listening and your ongoing support. Much love to you and yours. And God bless.